Hello and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and this week is all about the numbers. Warner Brothers finally had a great weekend, and not only that, but some new trailers as well. And is Marvel Studios in trouble with Eternals? I'll go over that in a bit, as the reviews are not looking too hot for it. But let's start with the domestic top five. Opening in first place with 41 million is Dune after almost a month of opening around the world and has now had its domestic release. Dropping to second place is Halloween Kills with 14.5 million for a total of 73.1 million. Third place was No Time to Die with 11.9 million for a total of 120 million. Fourth place was Venom Let There Be Carnage with 9.1 million for a total of 181.8 million. Lastly in fifth place was Ron's Gone Wrong which opened to 7.3 million. So Dune is finally here, and it actually performed really well, considering it had a dual release with HBO Max. In fact, over the weekend, estimates improved from the mid to high 30s to finally ending up at 41 million. This makes it the best opening Warner Brothers has had ever in 2021, and I believe the best opening since Joker back in 2019. Not only that, but part of the marketing push was that this needed to be seen in theaters, it's a must-watch, and it turns out the marketing worked. Of the 41 million, around half of it was in special theater formats. That means IMAX, Dolby Cinema, 3D, and D-Box. This shows that for the people that actually did go out to a theater to see it, a lot of them spent extra money to get a better viewing experience. Halloween Kills had a terrible second weekend, dropping 71%, so it looks like word of mouth is not that good. Shocking. It's lucky it has one more weekend to make some money with Halloween landing on a Sunday this year. Afterward, it's going to collapse hard and disappear from theaters. It's still going to finish around 90 to 100 million, which on a 20 million dollar budget is still really good, but it is a sharp decline from the 2018 film. No Time to Die held steady as it looks to finish close to 150 million, and the same with Venom as it looks to finish right past the 200 million milestone. Also, while it did not open in the top five, The French Dispatch opened in a limited release of 52 theaters this weekend and got the best theater average this year, coming in at 25 Let's head to China, where Dune also made its debut there, and it did not open in first place. In first place, again, was the Battle at Lake Changjin, with another 32.1 million for a total of 829 million. Dune opened in second place with 21.6 million. In third place was My Country, My Parents, with 5.2 million for a total of 221 million. Fourth place was Knock Knock, which made 4.12 million. And in fifth place was Love After Love which made 3.32 million. So congrats are in order for the battle at Lake Changjin, as it has now passed Hai Mom to become the highest grossing movie of 2021 worldwide. Its next goal is to try and make another 40 million in China. If it can, it'll pass Wolf Warrior 2 to become the biggest movie ever in China. And even if it does not do that, if part two of the film actually does come out in a few months for Chinese New Year, oh boy, are those numbers gonna be insane. For Dune, it had a weird run-up to its release where fans online were actually protesting the movie. Not because they did not want to see it, but they did not want to see it in 3D. When it was announced, it was approved by the government and pre-sales for the tickets could start. If you wanted to watch it in IMAX, your only option was in 3D. This upset fans and they voiced their complaints on social media. After some pushback, Legendary submitted an IMAX 2D release, which was fast-tracked and approved before release day. Why were fans complaining? Well. There was general complaints that the tickets were more expensive, and your head can get dizzy after a while. It's true. 
What would look to have helped pushback were GIFs showed a comparison between some shots between the 2D and the 3D version, and the 3D version is noticeably darker. So not only is the color palette off, imagine sitting through that for two and a half hours. It also did not help Legendary that the director himself preferred a 2D version of his film. Looking at worldwide numbers, Dune has made 47.4 million internationally. This does include the money made in China. It now has a worldwide total of 220.7 million. It's likely to finish at at least above 300 million. No Time to Die made another 33.1 million this weekend for a worldwide total of 525.4 million. Now one of the few films to pass half a billion worldwide, and it still has its release in China scheduled for next weekend. I should also note that UK, the home of Bond, has been carrying the film hard, with it making $100 million in that market alone. Venom Let the Recarnage made $38.3 million for a worldwide total of $352.4 million. That film is still waiting for its release in China. Halloween Kills made $10.1 million for a worldwide total of $90.9 million. For new markets, it will be opening up in Japan, Korea, and Australia next weekend. Ron's Gone Wrong also opened in a few markets this weekend with $7.3 million for a worldwide opening weekend of $17.3 million. Lastly, The Last Duel made an additional $3 million for a worldwide total of $17.7 million. Moving away from the numbers, let's talk about the biggest news this week, and that comes from Legendary and Warner Brothers, who have greenlit Dune Part 2. Thanks to the box office numbers so far, and I take strong HBO Max numbers, since they like to keep those hidden, the sequel was approved and already has a release date, October 20th, 2023. It's not a surprise at all, but it is already confirmed that, that, that Dennis Villeneuve is coming back to direct, produce, and co-write the sequel. Based on what Josh Brolin said in an interview last week, it looks like the plan is to start pre-production early next year, and ideally film next summer, and that gives them around a year for post-production. Mr. Valenuve has been saying he's ready to go as soon as possible if a part two moved forward, so this helps why there is a quick turnaround. Also, apparently as part of the deal for this, Warner Brothers will get the film an exclusive theatrical release, which is not surprising. Overall, after seeing the film, I'm happy it is moving forward. It was one of my most anticipated movies last year, uh, when it was supposed to come out, and now that it has, it's great. So yeah, I'm looking forward to part two a lot. Let's talk about Marvel Studios and Eternals, their next film that is being released in two weeks. What is surprising a lot of people in Hollywood, and me, as well, is the critical reception of the film so far, which has not been great. So far, with almost 100 reviews out, the film is at a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now yes, that does not sound too bad, as it's still fresh, barely. However, this makes it right now the worst reviewed MCU movie on Rotten Tomatoes, below Thor The Dark World and The Incredible Hulk. As more reviews come in this week, there's a good chance it will go down from 61 and become rotten. And this would be the first rotten film in the franchise. As for the complaints, you know, why are the reviewers rating it so low compared to other Marvel movies? There's apparently numerous complaints. It seems to be a bit too over the place, there's too many characters, it's boring at times, a lot of exposition, and it's too long. Some of these are not surprising because they are introducing a lot of new characters, and it's just 2 hours and 37 minutes, making it the second longest film in the franchise, behind Avengers Endgame. Right now, while the low reviews make for an interesting discussion, I don't think Marvel Studios should be worrying just yet. It should still have a solid opening of around 80 million, and after that they just need to focus on word of mouth. Critics are not the biggest fans of it, clearly, but if the general public like it more, then it's all good. However, for what everyone was thinking would be a slam dunk success, especially with an Oscar winning director, 
that's not the case anymore. For new trailers this week, we got our first look at Uncharted, starring Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. As someone who is a fan of the series, this looks very meh. It does not look terrible, but Mark Wahlberg as Sully right now is not working for me. And if it if he doesn't smoke at least one cigar in the movie, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, comes out February 18th next year, after a series of delays. We also got a first look at Michael Bay's newest film, Ambulance, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. This one is coming from Universal, and after watching the trailer, I gotta say, it looks like the best Bay film in years. That means it still looks and feels like a Bay film, and I can already tell he is going to overdo it with drone shots. But the story is simple, and it seems like Bay is more in control, unlike the mess that was six underground. Funny enough, this film also comes out on February 18th next year. If I had to pick who opened in first between the two, I gotta go with Uncharted. It has the brand power and slightly bigger stars, unless reviews for it are really bad. After it was announced last year that a Wolfman film was in development with Ryan Gosling, we finally have an update on it. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is a new director. Previously, Lane Wano was attached to the project, but Deadline is saying he dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. In his place, Derek Ganfrenz has signed on to write and direct the movie. He previously worked with Gosling on Place Beyond the Pines and on Blue Valentine. Personally, I've not seen those two films, so I'm not sure if he is a good director or not, so I will refrain from my opinion on that. As for the development of the film, it looks like this might have suffered a delay because of the director change. With Deadline saying he's also writing the script, does that mean he is starting from scratch? Or is there something left over from when they can use? At this rate, it's looking like fall 2023 for a release date at the earliest. For VOD Premium, all the news about HBO Max. First off, an interview with Deadline, and Sarnoff mentioned how they already talked to Sopranos creator David Chase about doing a new Sopranos series for HBO Max. Quote, on the other hand, you see Sopranos pop into the top 10 of the most viewed series on the service. It's given it an entirely new life. We're talking to David about a new series, Sopranos related on HBO Max. It's literally lifted the Sopranos franchise in a new way, so you can't measure it in and of itself in the box office. I think this is important to note because it shows that Warner Brothers is not just throwing out all the movies that were bombs at the box office this year, which is most of them. The ones that are already part of a franchise, or can restart one, will be used to do so. Now, Chase has said before he wants to do more Soprano films, so we will need to see if they can come to an agreement on a new series. Finally, we have an update on the Batgirl film, which premieres on HBO Max, thanks to Deadline, and that is Brendan Fraser has signed on as the villain. For the film, he'll be a playing Firefly. I will say I'm getting more interested in the film thanks to a now solid cast. you got Batgirl, Firefly, J.K. Simmons coming back as Commissioner Gordon, and an appearance by Batman, but not sure which one yet. Hopefully Ben Affleck. Still no set release date, but should be sometime in the second half of 2022. And as of this week's episode of Fox Office Receipts, question for the episode is, have you seen Dune? And if so, where have you watched it? Let me know on Facebook, link to the page in the show notes. Thank you for listening. <laughs>